Welcome back, everybody. You're still here listening to The Memphis Show on Heart of Indie Radio. My name is Avery Raquel, and I have a very, very special guest in studio with me today. She's a Toronto and Montreal-based vocalist who is known for singing bebop and swing music. She's one of Jazz FM 91's eight Canadian and women in jazz that you need to know. She performs regularly at both public and private events all the way across Canada. And some of her most notable performances include the Toronto Jazz Festival, Calgary Jazz Fest, TU Jazz Fest, Brampton World of Jazz Festival, backup for Natalie McMaster, so much. Uh, she's also worked with so many wonderful Canadian jazz scene musicians, including Pat LaBarbera, Jocelyn Gould, Pat Collins, the list goes on. So I would like to give a very warm welcome to the one and only Katie George. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Um, how are things? How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, I have been in Montreal for the past uh, six months. I'm living downtown Montreal because I'm going to school at McGill and it's been nice to explore a new city. However, we are on lockdown and curfew, but it is what it is. Absolutely. Um, So I'm going to dive right into it and ask you how you kind of got started. Um, What really drew you in to want to pursue music? Um, I have to say the first time I got paid for a gig was kind of what inspired me to become a musician. Like I loved music and singing. And I was in all the choirs in high school, but I got a paid gig when I was in grade 11. And I was like, oh, I could maybe actually do this for a living. And so that's honestly what kind of got me into being a professional musician. Oh, that's so awesome. Um, And you you sing a very specific style of music and it's it's not overly common these days. uh, And it's one that I admire as well. But bebop, why? And swing, I guess. But why why that specific genre? What kind of drew you into that? Um, I love I love bebop music because it's so it's intricate, but it's still very melodic, and I love the speed and the sort of virtuosic elements of it that Charlie Parker and Dizzy Gillespie sort of pioneered. Um, I I honestly I love the challenge and the language and the rhythms and the songs. Uh, it's just it's really fun for me. I think it's like I think it's just a really good time. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. And you're so incredibly good at it. How did you get to the level that you are now? Um, I would have to credit that to transcription. Um, I do a lot of transcribing. It's my favorite way to practice. So I um, will learn a whole bunch of instrumental solos and I write them down and I learn them and I sing them. And that's been a really good way for me to gain jazz language and knowledge. That's so awesome. Um, who like who are some of your biggest influences? Um, I guess not only just for transcription, but vocally as well. Um, just someone that you would go to no matter what the day or occasion. <laughs> um, it's cliche, but Ella Ella Fitzgerald yeah. is my absolute favorite. Um, however, I would if like if like they were still alive, I would love to see Sonny Stitt or Charlie Parker. I think that would be a dream come true. But I think Ella is my like my ride or die. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the case with a lot of uh, a lot of vocalists um, just because of she's so melodic and um, she speaks the language so fluently. Totally. Um, and I guess just uh, so okay I should tell people you do this uh, Instagram account uh, and it's called Lift a Day and it's extremely impressive and uh, you've gotten a lot of attention from it and uh, what inspired you to want to do lift a day and can you try to maybe explain it for people who don't really understand that concept totally so my instagram account is full of like jazz solos from like trumpets and saxophones pianos guitars um but they're instrumental solos and 
I will write down the solos on a piece of manuscript paper. Like I write down all of the notes and I learn the solos and I sing them and I take a video of me singing them along to the recording and I post them on this account. And uh, I got started doing this because I wanted to get better at uh, jazz, basically. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I wanted to get more language and I knew that a really good way to learn more about jazz is to listen and to transcribe the people uh, that you'd like to sound like. So for me, that's like Hank Mobley and Charlie Parker and Sonny Stitt. Um, so yeah, I, I started the account with the challenge to do one transcription or one lift a day for the month of May. And then the account just kind of grew and I, I still do it. It's my favorite way to practice when I have time to practice. So I, I still do it today, it's fun. That's so awesome. And you're so incredibly good at it. Um, you. you have this really uh, wonderful uh, music educational background. And so you studied at Humber College, um, as where I am currently. Uh, and uh, you're currently getting your master's at McGill, which you had mentioned before, which is so wonderful. What has that uh, experience been like during this uh, global pandemic? Um, well, I don't want to be like too much of a downer, but uh, it's it's all online. And I, when I auditioned for McGill back in February of last year, I had no idea this pandemic was going to happen. And so I auditioned for t to the school in hopes of being able to get to know the scene in Montreal and meet a whole bunch of new musicians. Um, and I've met some, but it's it's really difficult to meet people when you only see their little rectangle on Zoom. So it's it's been it's been kind of challenging, and I like. I definitely like feel for students right now because it's like I I'm doing like like a two year degree um, and half of it is going to be online and that's not really what I wanted but I mean you know I've also been able because it's online I don't have as much travel time to get to school um, and it's given me a lot more time to practice and to focus on different elements of the music industry like you know streaming research and uh, research into like different ways of learning and I'm trying to make up teaching philosophy right now and a teaching program to help vocalists with improvisation. So that's, it's been giving me time to do that. Um, so, I mean, ups and downs for sure. I mean, I, you know how it is to be in school right now. It's, it's challenging. Absolutely. Um, so this teaching thing that you're doing, do you want to expand on that a little bit? Cause I, I didn't know about this. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of part of McGill, but for uh, my pedagogy class, I have to do a 40 page thesis paper and I have decided to do mine on using transcriptions as a way for teaching vocalists how to improvise and teaching them ear training basically, because I found that to be an extremely helpful way for me to learn uh, how to hear different harmony and different melodies and being able to identify those things that would otherwise be kind of challenging if we only see it on paper. Because I mean, as you know, we don't have buttons Right. So it's it's tricky, but um, I found transcription to be an incredible way to learn. And I've used it with a bunch of my students who have seen really great results because of it. So, um, yeah, I'm working on my thesis, which is going to be uh, just the teaching method about transcription uh, within improvising for vocalists. That's so cool. Um, yeah. Now, you're also a songwriter. So I want to talk about this a little bit, just because you write these beautiful, timeless songs. They sound like they were created in the 40s to the 60s, and uh, I can't get enough of them. So do you want to talk about your writing process a little bit? Of course, yeah. I mean, you're such an accomplished songwriter, too, so that means a lot <laughs> to me coming from you. Uh, but yeah, I, I write usually at the piano, and 
usually I write all in one go. So if I if I don't write a song in one go, it probably won't become a song that I'm gonna sing, which is kind of strange. Like I do everything all at once and like, it's usually like 2 a.m. Um, and you know, inspiration strikes at all these crazy times. So you gotta yeah. be ready. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I have basic piano skills, which have helped me out so much in writing. And uh, over the pandemic, I've actually gotten a lot better at piano, which has been really nice, especially for my writing. But yeah, when I write, uh, I'm drawing upon a lot of different inspirations and mostly upon the songs that I know and love from the jazz standard repertoire. And mm-hmm. uh, within my lyrics, I try to make them relatable to the current times, but still with hints of, uh, you know, what we might think of as vintage terms. Like in my song postage, do I talk about penny loafers um, <laughs> and why the penny was used in the loafer, which I mean, nobody does anymore because we don't use payphones. but. You know, it's just, it's things like that. I try to incorporate old language, but with, you know, modern references. Yeah, well, we're going to play uh, Postage Due in a little bit, but yeah, talk a little bit about um, about that song, because I think it's just so creative, and the story behind it is so wonderful. Oh, thank you. Um, it was basically written based on a conversation I had with my grandma. Um, she's, like, my, like, number one fan, um, and, like, my best friend. She's amazing. And... She, uh, I wore a new pair of loafers over to her place like a couple of years ago, and she said, "Are you gonna put the, uh, are you gonna put a penny in the front of that?" And I was like, "Okay, are you like off your meds?" No, I didn't actually think that, but <laughs> I'm like, I have no idea what that means. And she's like, "Oh well, when we were kids, we'd put like a penny in our loafer in case we needed to use the phone later." And I was like, "Oh, interesting." And I'm like, "That could be kind of a cool song idea." And then, so that's kind of like the first half of the song, and then. The second half talks about like, if you don't get an answer on the phone, you can always write the person you wanna get in touch with a letter. And the idea of the letter kind of comes from my gran as well, because she always sends me mail and I send her mail. We love snail mail. And when I was a kid, like she has eight grandkids and uh, she would go to Palm Springs for the winter and she would write each grandkid a postcard once a week, like for the entire like half a year she was there, like dedication. Um, like, so, you know, like I always received mail as a kid and I have this like love for getting mail. It's just so fun. So, um, yeah, it's basically inspired around her. She's wonderful. I love her so much. Oh, that's so, that's so sweet. Um, now you just released, um, a new record. So I do want you to talk about that. It's such a awesome record. Um, and I believe you can still get hard copies through your website. Um, yeah, I'm selling them through Bandcamp right now. Okay. Awesome. Uh, but yeah, it's it's called No Bounds. I recorded it last September, and it features Jocelyn Gould on guitar, Thomas Hainbuck on the bass, and Jacob Wetzke on the drums. And it's uh, got three originals and four jazz standards. And uh, it's just a fun quartet record. We had a lot of fun in the studio. Some of the songs weren't planned, so it, I think that makes it even more special because it just shows like how great it is to make music with a group that is like just so high in musicianship. That's um, so awesome. So yeah, it was a fun one. So you were just like chilling in the studio, you had a plan and then it just happened to change because you started jamming songs that you thought would have been kind of cool? Sort of, yeah. We went in, um, I had basically, I had two weeks notice of my studio date. And so I did not have a ton of time to prepare stuff that I would have liked to prepare. So, and I also had one 45 minute rehearsal with the full band and then a couple rehearsals with like segments of the band. Like I did one rehearsal with bass and 
guitar and then I did another rehearsal with just bass and drums and me and then another rehearsal with just drums and me so it was it was super stressful to get that prepared but it it ended up working out um but basically like I only had so much time so I only made like I only rehearsed my original songs because I knew that the band would know the cover songs or the standards that I wanted to do so we just rehearsed the uh the originals and then we kind of called tunes on the studio floor because we got we had we had a few hours and within like the first hour we were kind of done all the stuff that I had planned so we just kind of were calling tunes for the rest of it and it was it was really fun oh my goodness that's so cool um and so far um the release of this record and maybe it was in the works prior but uh it's led to some pretty cool things now I saw online that you were signed and I'm not sure if you can talk about it a little bit but if you would love to I would love to hear about it and so whatever I would love to yeah no it's really fun um a few months ago I signed a contract with La Reserve which is a Brooklyn New York based record label and so they're releasing a project of mine that's coming up in July called Now Pronouncing and that's uh an EP five songs of all original music and it's with my 10 TED ensemble so it's got like clarinet alto sax tenor sax berry sax trumpet trombone and rhythm section like it was so fun to write and arrange for. Like, I, I love that band. And I knew that um, I I did this project for my Humber final project. And so yeah. I knew that I wanted to record with this group. And I knew I wouldn't have a lot of opportunities outside of school to be able to do that just because it's so incredibly expensive to record a group of that size. So I spent a lot of time uh, preparing for that record. But yeah, La Reserve signed it. And so... Uh, I'm really thrilled to be working with such an incredible team. That's like Matt and Jacob Block. They're two brothers and they have a bunch of really incredible artists on the label. But um, after releasing No Bounds, basically by myself um, and doing like trying to do press and stuff as an independent artist while also working on a master's degree in teaching, (laughs) um, it was exhausting. So I'm thrilled to have a new team uh, to be working with and a couple of guys who are really like supportive of the music and getting me PR and it's just it's amazing I love being on this label yeah that definitely takes some weight off of your shoulders I'm assuming (laughs) totally yeah it does (laughs) um where do you think that'll take you you know being a part of this new team do you think it'll um change a lot of things for your career or do you think it'll stay steady just gradually get better and um, it's so tough to say right now because like there's really no live performance opportunities and like live performance is where I would love to be spending most of my time. But um, I think like I think only good things can come from this. Um, I, I I just I'm really excited to see what happens. I have no idea what'll happen, but I know that just by having them uh, representing me, like it's opening up so many different doors regarding like getting on playlists within like Apple Music and Tidal and all those different mm-hmm. uh, streaming services that I wouldn't have been able to get on before, um, as well as like getting press in the United States, which is something that I didn't wasn't really able to do before. Yeah, like I was getting Canadian press and then some Central American press as well, but. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not nothing in the U.S. and the U.S. is kind of a market I would really like to break into. So um, sure. I, I think only good things can come from this. Absolutely, I agree with that one hundred percent. Now I want to ask you: uh, say COVID magically disappears uh, and uh, you you finally finish school, where do you think you see yourself in the next five years? Um, 
Well, I'm going to be releasing a bunch more music. So hopefully I'll be touring that music um, globally, ideally. Um, <laughs> I, it's so like, it's really tricky to think about the future right now because everything, like I can't even, you know, like I don't, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Is there going to be a new variant or, you know, like it's, <laughs> it's so frustrating, but um, yeah, if everything were to go back to normal, yeah, I think I would just be playing. I'd be playing a lot and I think I would be uh, planning a tour and planning the next album. And, you know, I, I just miss making music with my friends. I feel like a lot more would be happening if I could actually see my band. <laughs> oh, I agree with that uh, for sure. Um, and uh, where can people find all of your music, your social media, um, stuff like that? <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram handle is at Katie George. Katie is spelled C-A-I-T-Y. George is spelled with Y's instead of E's. So it's G-Y-O-R-G-Y. Uh, kind of funky, but yeah. Um, <laughs> That's that's me. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook, all under that name. And my website is katiegeorge.com. Amazing. So uh, thank you so much for being here. Um, we're going to play uh, one of your original songs. Uh, this is Postage Due by Katie George. And we'll be right back. Thank you so much, everybody.